Philippians, the third chapter, verse 12. I don't want to bore your patience today. Awesome time in the 8 o'clock worship this morning. This was wonderful. Philippians, the third chapter. And I ask this morning, I, I, I begin with life's tough questions that make you go, hmm, or that we should ponder. And uh, it's kind of humorous, some of them, but I ask the question, why is the third hand on the watch called the second hand? Could anybody answer that for me? You don't have to answer that right now, but it's just a question. Have you ever thought about if a word was misspelled in the dictionary, how would we even know it was misspelled? It's in the dictionary. And why do we say that something is out of whack? What's a whack? Anybody know what a whack is? And why does slow down and slow up means the same thing? You ever thought about that? Make you go, hmm. And what does fat chance and slim chance, why do they mean, why doesn't it mean the same thing? Fat chance, slim chance, why do they mean the same thing? I don't, I don't know. And then why do we say, take me to the old ball game when we're already there? You ever thought about these things? Now here's one. Why do they call them stands when they made for you to sit down? Right? And why is it called after darkness when it's really after light? You ever thought about that? And doesn't expecting the unexpected makes the unexpected expected? And why are a wise man and a wise guy opposite? Thought about that? He's a wise man. He's a wise guy. <laughs> and why is phonics not spelled the way it sounds? It should be F-U-N. Fun. But let me add another question this morning, get a little serious, that has really bothered me over the years is, why do believers let the past interfere with experiencing the will of God in the present? I don't know how many times I've talked to people who have just let their past ride them so low. When you really don't understand what God wants you to experience in your future. Someone starts a song off like, it won't be this way always. And that's what, how you got to think. It will not be this way always. Right? Someone says, ain't no need to worry what the night is going to bring. It'll be all over in the... Hallelujah. So... Specifically, why do we let past sins and failures block us from God's best? Now, that's the heart of the message I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to say it real quick and get out your way. Why do we let past sins and failures 
block us from God's best. It's not just because you have sinned and that keeps you out of the game or out of the race. Because check this, you check me while I'm saying it. For all have sinned. Is is, is that in the Bible? And have fallen short of God's glory. So it's not in the fall that's really the end of it. Because if you fall, the, the, the scripture told me that a righteous man, come on, help me here, preacher. A righteous man may fall how many times? You better watch it. Seven times. And most of the time, if we fall seven times, we don't even count. So it's not in the falling that's the end of it. But here it is. Here's the beauty of it. Here's the blessing of it is that you got enough strength to get back up. Oh, I feel God all in this place. Can I prophesy to somebody this morning? You about to get back up. I don't care how you feel in your spirit, how far you have fallen or what you think falling is or how far you should go before. But I'm telling you that your your victory is in you getting back up again. Look down your table say, you got to get up. Hallelujah. Your life is dependent on it. Your family is dependent on it. Your blessings are dependent on it. The folk around you are dependent. Your church is dependent on it. Your, your, your wife, your husband, they are dependent on you. Get it up. Somebody holler down your and say, get up. You can't afford to stay where you are. Somebody even said another song. Get up if you're on the Lord's side. Everybody on the Lord's side should know how to get up. Everybody on the Lord's side should have enough power, enough strength to say, I'm not going to stay here and wallow in what I have experienced, but I'm going to get up. got to get up in your mind before you get up physically see a lot of folk get whipped in their mind before they get started say i ain't gonna be able to attain that i can't do that this ain't gonna never happen my wife my marriage ain't gonna work Uh uh-uh you got to get up in your mind and tell the devil he's a liar i will win through this i will come out all right i will get the strength that i need god will help me through this thing i didn't come this far for him to drop me off here and leave me right here get up i feel somebody getting up in their spirit right now the devil don't want you to have joy in your life he wants you to hold your head down for the rest of your life but he's a liar i don't care what he hits you with you got enough strength to get up and bounce back from that i see you bouncing back right now i see you coming up and coming alive again they thought you was dead but he they didn't understand god gave you some resurrection power anything that's dead it ain't gotta be buried it can be resurrected when you deal with jesus jesus will resurrect Uh-huh, just wave your hand to somebody on down your eyes. I'm about to resurrect here. I'm resurrecting my dreams and resur- resurrecting my ideas and resurrecting my calling and resurrecting what God had told me to do in the direction he told me to go. I'm not going to stay right there. I got to get up. I see several of you all getting up right now. The devil said you was done for the rest of this year. But I see you getting up again. I see you over here getting up. I see this brother right here. He's going back to get his family. He's going back to get what God called him to do. He's not going to sit there any longer and wallow in that and sit down like he isn't a stupor. But God is going to bring you back up again. I see you being resurrected in your spirit. God going to give you some joy unspeakable of joy and it's going to be full of glory somebody shout I'm on my way up you get in my way if you want to but I'm on my way up 
talk about me if you want to. I'm on my way up, evangelist. Talk, say what you got to say, but I'm on my way up. You can look at me and say, oh, she ain't looking too good. But I'm telling you right now, you about to turn a corner. Hallelujah. You about to turn a corner and you about to go down Joy Street and God going to meet you right there on Joy Street and things are going to turn and work in your face. Oh, I see favor all over you. I see favor walking before you. I see favor pushing you from the behind. I see favor walking you from side to side. You getting up out of that place. Ooh, yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, what you talking about? Let me, let me, let me talk. But I'm, I, y'all be, y'all go ahead and be seated. I'm coming. So most of us know how valuable and how vital the word of God is in the life of a believer. And so this morning, I, I want to take it a step further by showing you how practical the scriptures are uh, as, the, as they address the needs and the question of our lives. And specifically, the question that I just posed. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians, the third, the third chapter and verse uh, 12. A familiar verse that I want us to read together as the truth that we will consider this morning. Whatever's up on the screen, I want you to read this with me hallelujah are you ready you ain't got to stand to read it but just look up there because this this may be a different type of version than what you have but you can still watch in your bible but uh you ready ready begin not as though i had already attained neither were already perfect but i follow after if that I may apprehend that for which i am apprehended of christ jesus verse 13 Brethren, I count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things ooh, behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see that? Come on, you ought to give God a hand praise for the word of God. Very familiar passage, Elder. Very familiar passage, Mother. This, this, listen, we done read this thing so many times over and over again. But today I want you to look at it again because this is a new series of lessons that we're doing. And we're resetting for a new direction. Say that with me. Reset, Reset. for a new direction. That's what we're doing. This month, we are going to reset for a new direction. And so that's where we are right now. We're resetting for a new direction. Have you noticed over the years that when it comes to past sins and failures, uh, that we tend either to ignore them or wallow in them? I want you to think about that for a moment. Let me just, just, just help you this morning. With the idea of trying to ignore past sins and failures. Uh, turn to the person on your right and just tell them, you've messed up. Now turn to the person on your left and tell them, say the same thing. Say, turn to the person that, and say, you've messed up. Now find you somebody on the, in the middle or on your left or right. And I want you to tell them the same thing. Say, you really messed up. Now, 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 the key question is whether or not you believe what you have just heard or rather that you will ignore your past sins and failures. Because all of us know that we have messed up, but will you wallow in your mess up? Ain't nobody in here that have messed up before? Ain't nobody here that don't have no past sins or failures? All of us, everybody on your row, as dressed up and nice as they look, teeth brushed and everything, got their pearly whites, uh-huh, smelling good, got that half, look like it's just, ooh, just come out of a magazine. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. But here's the key, you don't have to wallow in your mess. Ooh, I'm glad I came today. So if somebody say you have messed up, either you can take that to heart and just let that kill you and you wallow in it 
and allow it to keep you burdened and keep you down. Or you can ignore it or you can confess them to the only one who can forgive them. And you know who that person is, right? All right, you still with me. Look at 1 John 1 and 9. All right. It says, if we confess our sin. Now, he's talking about us, right? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Not only that, but watch this. And to cleanse. Ooh, I like this. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me tell you this. The next time the enemy or somebody you know bring up to, to you that are your past failures, you know what I want you, want you to tell them? Tell them, say, I've been cleansed. Come on, let's practice. Look down your room and tell everybody, I've been cleansed. Yes, the next time they say, you know you're a liar, you tell them, say, I've been cleansed. Next time they say, you know you're a whoremonger, I've been cleansed. You know you ain't but a luster. I've been cleansed. You know you're always in the bit. You're just a bitter person. You're in the bitterness. You're in the busyness. I have been cleansed. You know you're a gossiper. I've been cleansed. You know you're a hypocrite. I've been cleansed. You're a murmurer. You're a hater. You're, you're, you're disobedient. Hey, I've been cleansed. You always got evil thoughts. I've been cleansed. You're a doubter. You're a bolster. I've been cleansed. Uh-huh. You're discontent. I've been cleansed. You're impatient all the time. I've been cleansed. You're jealous. You're a judge. I've been cleansed. You're a murderer. You're unfaithful. I've been cleansed. Uh-huh. You're a procrastinator. I have been cleansed. Hey, can anybody say I've been cleansed? Yeah, you know you're notorious for being lazy. I've been cleansed. You're not a tither. I've been cleansed. You're fearful. I've been cleansed. You're irresponsible. I've been cleansed. You're disrespectful. I've been cleansed. You're rebellious. I've been cleansed. You're a complainer. I've been cleansed. You got envy all the time. I've been cleansed. You got a bad temper. I've been cleansed. You're angry. I've been cleansed. You're a phony. I've been cleansed. You curse all the time. I've been cleansed. Are you rebellious? I've been cleansed. You're sassy. I've been cleansed. You're selfish. I've been cleansed. You're stubborn. I've been cleansed. You're unforgiving. I've been cleansed. You're ungrateful. I've been cleansed. Can I tell you some more? Are you always worrying all the time? I've been cleansed. You're a troublemaker. I've been cleansed. God said, I'll clean you from all unrighteousness. So don't you wallow in your past sins and failures. Because he said he'll cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Are you following me this morning? And so the opposite is also true. Some people tend to wallow in their past sins and failures. And so they have a, a, a hard time believing that God could and would ever forgive them. So they keep a record even when God does not. God don't want to hear about your record, your past record. See, a lot of people, they'll judge you when you go to a job or whatever, when you fill out the application. They want to see what your past record is. But God said, when I forgive you of your sins, I throw them, I cast them in the depths of the sea to remember them more, no more. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have what? Passed away and behold all things. See, they knew you B.C. before Christ. They only judge you of what you were in prior to you meeting Christ. Hallelujah. Because you have to say of your own accord that before Christ, you was a mess in a mess. But now after Christ, I think about the things that I will do and I have done. I repent of the things that I may even think of doing that I know that that's not of God. Why I got a new attitude, I got a new lease on life, I don't think the same way, I don't talk the same way, and as the old saints say, I don't walk the same way. I looked at my hand, they look new, I looked at my feet, and they did too. Listen, you, you know what they're talking about. What they're talking about is I got a new spirit in me. And I don't follow after that old man. That old man, he, listen, Paul says it like this. I'm dying daily. 
daily my old self. I'm dying to my old wishes and wants. I'm dying to how, how I used to deal and, and treat people. I'm dying to that. Hallelujah. Every year your wife needs to look at you and say, I done married a new man. Every year your wife, huh? She should look at you and say, I don't, who is this in the house with me? They getting more and more like Christ. Every year, man, you need to look at your wife and say, girl, you're getting more beautiful than I ever thought. Imagine. Why? Because now she's looking more like Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? We know what our features are changing, but we don't marry the outward man. We marry the inward man. We marry the spirit of a person. Because the outward can change. It can go up. It can go down. It can do anything it wants. It can get wrinkled. It can whatever. Lose hair. All that. Get bellies. Ah, that's that outward appearance. But when you marry the spirit of a person, oh my God, they look to you better than ever before than the year when you first married them. But what happens is, is that some people just don't marry for the right reason. And they're not thinking about God the way God planned it. You got to go by God's playbook and not your playbook player amen you not the greatest player God is so we keep record when God don't keep record they have somehow swallowed the line from the deceiver that goes like this you failed. That makes you a failure. And therefore you can't do anything right. You can't allow, you cannot afford to let the enemy put that guilt trip on you like that. If you have been, that's right, you've been cleansed. If you have failed, join everybody else. You're not a failure because you have fallen. And then you got to think and you got to talk a different way than what you was talking. This is how I say it. We're either winning or we're learning. Come on, say that with me. I'm either winning or I'm learning. Because you can learn from something that you did that you shouldn't have done. And so while lie and what a tragedy from, for the child of God to, the, uh, to believe that. Yes, we fail. We sin, but that does not make us failures. We are simply believers who sin and fall and by the grace of God can be forgiven. And we can be cleansed and on with God's program in our lives. God wants to clean us up. See, other folk, that's the reason why they stay the way they are. Because they, they really believe that they messed up so bad that they cannot be cleansed. But here you come trucking along there. You done done some of the same things they've done. But God cleaned you up. Because they remember you in B.C. before Christ. Now they watching you. Now they done found out that you, you know, uh, after. Oh, that's how that work. Hallelujah. And so now you have become a type of Christ, a model of Christ before them to let them know that, yes, like you, I have flesh. Yes, I think things that fleshly people think, but God pulls me back in. Are you following me? So let's look at, look at the text. Paul simply says, past sins and failures, forget them. That's exactly what he said. Forget, everybody said it when we forget them. Now to forget is to forgive. Because after all, God already has forgiven you. And he will not bring it back up. And by the way, notice how Paul puts it. Not that I have already attained or have already been made perfect. 
Now, how many of you live with a perfectionist or have seen people who are perfectionists? Please notice that this is the way that a perfectionist says, you know, I've messed up. And so Paul is not only urging us to forget or forgive our past sins and failures, but also to forget and forgive the sins committed against us. Now, here's where the real people got to, you know, this is where the truth of the matter is. This is how you know that the test is real. When you are able to forgive folk that you know intended to do you harm. You know they committed against you and they meant it. I know. Been there. I, I, I'm like y'all. Help me Lord. So we are pros at compiling a record of wrongdoing to us. And we carefully file every sin committed against us just in case we will need the information at a later date. Because I'm going to let you know, I remember when you did this, you did that, you did this, you did that. And you know the exchange that begins, remember when. So, when, so we have the, the files carefully stored away. So files on our spouses, right? Mm-hmm. She's sweet right now, but I know she did this, she did that, she did this, she did that. He doing good right now, but I'm going to hold all of this. Uh-huh, come when I, I might need it someday. I got to store all of that up against my children, the children against the parents. I'm going to store that up against your friends, even your pastor. I remember when he said that. I remember he did this. I remember he did. You store all of that up, and you want to keep that record so when your flesh feels that it wants to retaliate I'm going to pull it out am I talking to real people here this morning <laughs> so why we do that could it be that we are looking for an excuse not to be involved in ministry we want to hold something against the pastor, hold something against the leadership, hold something against somebody. So when they ask me to do something, I'm not doing it because I remember how they treated me. Now you'll tell everybody what they did to you at the church, how they stepped over you and didn't even say excuse me. You'll tell them all that. You'll tell them everything. But you won't tell them how many times the church blessed you. Am I still talking to real people? And you know, I, I, this is how they talk. You know, I, I could never serve alongside, you know, Lindasia <laughs> and Mofahika. I don't, Mofahika, she always, I can't, uh-uh. Because she looked at me and rolled her eyes, Mofahika, she, she rolled her eyes at me one Sunday, ooh, and I know she just wanted to kill me. I will never serve alongside Mofahika, no. I have known whole churches in the past who have, who were stagnated because they could not get beyond the excuses that unforgiveness provided them. And so they cannot go forth and do what God wanted them to do because they're always making excuses of what somebody did to them. And we generate files like we, like you might find, you know, uh, really. Years ago, they used to have what they call them floppy disks. Now, you know that's way back then, right? That's how y'all store stuff. Y'all go right back in there. I got it around here somewhere. It's in here. Mm-hmm. Here it is. That time she borrowed some money from me and didn't pay me back. And then I said, you know, hey, you know, you haven't forgot about me. She, she cursed me out and told me, you, you don't ever tell me. I'm going to pay you. You still got that little disc. You know it's time to put, pull out the scissors and cut that. Because that's going to hinder you. 
I've forgiven people who have given, I've given a lot of money to. Yeah, I ain't talking about no little chicken change. Hallelujah. I'm talking about $3,000, $3,600. You know what I'm saying? See, some of y'all, y'all right then, when I said that, it's just something crawled in the back of your neck, say, I'd have been kung fu fighting. I'd have been, whoa! $3,600, boy, I'll backslide on you. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm telling it now. I ain't know my, my wife's in here. Oh, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, y'all, I'm going to get a lecture when I get to the highest, Jesus. I don't loan folk money and then tell her, hallelujah. But if you don't get a grip and you still holding that, that stuff is going to wear on you and eat at you like a cancer. And to really forget and forgive the others in my life so that I can get on with God's program mean this. I must destroy the records. Say it with me. I must destroy the records. But Bishop, what if I don't want to destroy the records? You don't understand what they did to me. You got to release them. You should release them so much so if till they come back and they give you something, you should be surprised and start dancing in their face. Because I really didn't think that you were going to come this way and give it back. Hallelujah. No, I ain't, uh -uh, I ain't doing that, bitch. I'm going to get my attorney. I'm going to sue their pants off. They're going to give me my $3,600. I'm going to tell you right now, that's too much money. I'm getting my money back. I'm not telling you to do what I've done. I'm <laughs> That is tempted. <laughs> so, but you got to destroy the records. Destroy them in such a way that they can never be used again. In other words, you got to cut it up. Got to cut that thing up. After all that, it, it is what the Lord does when he forgives and forget our sins. He don't bring it up no more. Matter of fact, the Bible says God is greater than our hearts. So when you bring it up, he's saying, what you talking about? I already forgave you that. What you talking about? Yeah, you remember? He said, I don't know nothing about that. I choose to release it and let it go. Am I talking to some real people in here today? It is the only way that, to get rid of the anger and the resentment and the bitterness that uh, uh, accumulates with years of unforgiveness. See, because what's happening to you is piling up year after year after year, and you're becoming overloaded with anger and bitterness and hatred toward that person until it eats you up. And if you're not careful, if you see that person walking across the street and you driving, you might run over them. Because it's done built up year after year and year. You say, there, there he is. No, he took my money. Look at him over there laughing at God. I tell you what, look at him over there walking and acting like he don't know who I am. Bah! Then you waving at them with your middle finger and everything. You done lost it. Huh? And then they do something like this here. They like, oh, y'all know you didn't do that to me. <laughs> That's why you gotta cut it. You gotta get rid of it. So the text tells us that the idea of forgetting the past. And forgiving ourselves and the others is only half of the process. It's only half of the process of getting on with God's program in our lives. Now, do, do you remember uh, the old moon rock? You know, people don't walk like that naturally, right? Right? Why? Simply because they will bump into things. 
and their focus is on is all wrong. They need to face forward in order to see where they are going. Now, you know, it, it looks, you know, uh, it looks good. It looked like, you know, oh, that the moonwalk. You know, some of us used to do that, you know, back in the day. You know, we got we used to do that thing, you know. Yeah. And you had it down pat, you know, you'd be sliding, you know. You know, you had it down pat, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't fool yourself now. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, you used to get that moonwalk going. Y'all know what I'm talking about back there. Y'all musicians know what I'm talking about. Amen. But that's not normal. That's not normal. So we must face forward. And that's what Paul is saying in the next part of these verses. I press on toward. And so that's, that sounds great, but what, what does it mean? What, what, what is it, uh, the, the, the high calling or the goal of the Christian life anyway? P Paul uh, clarifies the goal in Romans 8 and 29. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn there. Hallelujah. If you don't, I want you to look up at the screen. I'm just about there. So what, look what he said. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of who? His son. That he might be what? The firstborn among many brethren. Did you catch it? God wants to make you and me like Jesus. Did you get that? His master plan is to have a whole host of little Jesuses running around to uh, show this world his idea of what he created the human race to be. And so he is fashioning your life to build the character of Christ in you so that everything that he allows to come into your life is a part of the tooling to make you like Jesus. So that means he has placed you as a Jesus in your home. He has placed you as Jesus in the workplace. He has placed you as a parent to your kids and a partner to your spouse so that when you deal with them they see the attributes of Jesus and so you want to have a purpose to your life and that, that this is it that there is no higher calling there is no greater goal than being and looking like Jesus and so look at verse 33 uh, we discover that God will marshal all the resources of heaven to guarantee that we become like his son and then as you look at the verses that conclude the chapter 8 of Romans we also discover that nothing will interfere with the completion of the job because the project is encased in his love and so look at the, the list of the possible uh, saboteurs. Uh, but, but, but by the way, let, let me ask you something. Are you, uh, are you progressing or are you regressing? Are you going forward or are you going backwards? Are you moving more like Jesus this week than you were last week? Today more than yesterday? Because that's really is the question. Are you moving forward or are you going backwards? Here is the time. Now is the time, uh, uh, yes, coming to the end of this pandemic season, that God wants us to, my God, move in a new direction. He don't want us to stay where we are and stay stuck. He don't want us to be in the muck and the mire and the clay. He wants us to come up out of that place, come up that place where we have been down so long and come up in our mind and our spirit and our heart that let everybody know that if you hang out with Jesus, you must not stay in a place place in a state where you will be down for a mighty long time can you say amen well as I close this up there uh, there was a farmer who had a mule that fell into uh yeah you probably heard me tell this before he fell into a well and so the mule was so heavy that they could not pull the mule up out of the hole. My God. And so he said, well, all we can do is put dirt in the hole and, 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 and be done with it in the well. And so he called his friends and everybody else, bring your shovels, and told one man to bring his truck so that they can dump the dirt in the hole. And so as they began to put the dirt in the hole, something began to happen while they were putting the dirt in the hole on the mule 
And so as they threw it through the dirt on the mule, the mule would just shake it a little bit and then he would step up as the dirt would go in the hole. As they come up and back the truck up in there and then lift it up and dump it in there, the mule would just shake it off and shake that thing off and then he would step up. Can you say amen? And so before he knowed anything, we, they saw the mule rising up out of the hole. And so that is where God will have us to be is that when the world is throwing dirt on us, we got to just shake it off and then just step up. Everything that's trying to bury you, my God, God going to use it as a stepping stool to move you up higher than you ever been before. So somebody need to just shake it off and then step on up so that you will not be buried by all of the things of life. You will not be buried by trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. You will not be buried by trying to keep up with this or that or the other or trying to get more money for this or that all, all money is not good money I'm telling you that some money will end you up in a place where you don't want to be and so my God you got to learn how when people throw stuff on you you got to shake it off can you just illustrate for me a minute just, just shake it off and then step up hallelujah is there anybody here that's ready to just shake it off and step up look at somebody say let's do this thing let's just shake it off and step up can't you see yourself just my God stepping up and when they put some more dirt on you you just shake that thing off and then you step up can you say amen I believe that there's somebody here that the world has been throwing dirt on you but that's not the end of it can you say amen but you gotta just shake that thing off and then step right up can you say amen is there anybody here gonna shake it off when they talk about your own Monday is there anybody gonna shake it off when you get in an argument with your spouse anybody gonna shake it off when they take your money and my God begin to curse in your face you got to learn how to shake some things off when you look down the road and tell everybody we got to learn to shake some things off when you ask them say are you ready neighbor are you ready ready to shake it off and step right up can you say amen stop focusing on your past sins stop focusing on your past failures because your past sins and failures if you focus on them they'll bury you but how many of you won't let that thing bury you you gonna learn how to step up can you say amen you gotta learn you gotta learn you gotta learn you gotta learn can you say amen to shake that thing off and step up again can you say amen would you look at somebody and say I'm coming out of this place hallelujah God so Paul's way of saying shake it off and step up is forgetting what is behind and pressing on what's towards you the past has easily can easily bury us our God can bless us if we simply just use the past as a springboard to press on can you say amen so I'm going to leave y'all today but I just want to leave you with a little nugget here don't let what happened in your past keep you burdened down can you say amen you might have came to church today dwelling in your past but you gonna leave your past here you gonna bring it to the altar and you gonna leave your past sins and you gonna leave your past failures you gonna take them to the Lord will you give it to the Lord because he will and he has already forgiven you of your sins you don't have no reason to hang your head down anymore because God brought you out I know that you was only one in the family most less likely to succeed everybody counted you out of the family can you say amen you might have been a
abusing your family. One of your family members took advantage of you. And you've been holding that thing for years. They may have misused and mistreated you when you were in the family. Your auntie took advantage of you. Your uncle took advantage of you. But I come to tell you, you will not let that thing bury you. You're going to shake yourself and you're going to step up. Can you say amen? The devil thought that what they did to you, it was going to kill you. The devil thought that what happened to you, it was going to bury you. But he didn't know you had enough power. Somebody say, I had enough power to shake that thing off step up again can you say amen this next round where God is taking you you gotta learn how to shake it off and step right up well they didn't hire you they overlooked you for promotion but you gotta shake it off and step on up they got somebody else when you were the one that was doing all the work but you gotta shake that thing off and step right up your wife left you with all the children but you gotta shake it off and step right up he cheated on you and you thought that was the end of it but you gotta shake that off and step right up can you shout yes I've learned how to shake things off I've learned how to step up again can you say amen would you look at somebody and tell them say never again never 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 would I let anything bury me because God has raised me up he's already raised me up I cannot stay down I can't afford to stay in this hole but I'm stepping up again will you get on your feet right now and say Lord the next time I'm faced with past sins the next time I'm faced with past failures I'm gonna shake it off let me see you shake it off and step on up come on somebody shake it off and step on up shake it off again and step on up can you see where you were and see where you are now you come from over there and you're here right now can you shout glory if I'll shake it off and keep stepping up I'll go higher than where I was before I was down in the valley but God brought me up to the mountaintop all because I shook it off and stepped up shout yeah and before you know anything you'll be looking down on what tried to bury you you'll be on the top of things giving God the praise ain't nothing like a high praise ain't nothing like a mountain praise I'm going with a high praise is there anybody here that's ready to give God a high praise shout glory he brought me from a mighty long way he brought me out of the gutter to the uttermost shout glory I can't stay here the longer I stay in God I can't stay where I was I see myself look at somebody and testify say I see myself and I see you going higher higher than you ever gone before tell them say come on up step on up step 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 on up come on up a little higher shout yes I will
go. But it's all I want you to tell them that this person is standing there with you. Tell them, say, my next move is going to be smooth. Tell them again, say, my next move is going to be smooth. Come on, put your hands together and give God praise. Woo! Next move going to be smooth. Hallelujah. Ah! Hallelujah. They're going to ask you, why are you so smooth? It's the way I, it's the way I move. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good in it. Come on, put your hands together again. Let me. I know I'm over, over time. But I just. I really believe that God is resetting people for a new direction. Paul said we have attained really what everything that we really can and will. But I'm pressing. I'm moving. I refuse to stay where I am. But I believe God has more for me. But what God has for you, you can't do it alone. You gotta have Him to help you. You can't, you know, you can't. Your, your move can't be smooth without Jesus. Can't be smooth without Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment?